0: Head over to Bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel, thank you. Hey everybody, welcome to Matt and Dory's Excellent Adventure. I'm Matt. I'm Dory. It is almost time for you to get that pre-order in for Dory's book. It's the 21st or 20th, depending on when you listen to this, of June. Dory's book comes out on Friday. What? or sorry, Tuesday of next week. Yep. And because of that, that means you have seven days to pre-order it.
1: Well, and if you pre-order it through the Eventbrite link, that will be in the show notes and also my website, dory com
0: Dash Dory. Mm-hmm. Nope, there is no last dash. No, nope. Just listen to Dory, not me on this.
1: Um, As part of my book launch event. Yes. Here's a new piece of news. I will be able to personalize the books.
0: Whoa. Yeah. That's pretty exciting. I know. So if you're like, we're like oh, I wish there was book events, but it's not because no one is really sure about how to do things right now. I wish I could get a personalized book. You can.
1: You can. And they're being sold through BookSoup, which is a wonderful independent independent bookstore here in Los Angeles. And when you order the ticket that comes with the book, Mm -hmm. you can tell me what you want me to write. So I could just write, like, to Matt, Dory Shafrir, but I could also write...
0: I hope you like your peanut butter spoon. Love, Dory.
1: And I could also write, how many hot dogs have you had this year?
0: Right. And the answer to that would be what?
1: For me, zero.
0: Okay. I'm, I mean, I'm at like, whatever. How many did I have? When we were in the middle of the country of California. I think you I had, had three or I four. Say, I think you had three. And then I was like, nope, done.
1: <laughs> so yeah, so I can write anything. I mean, I'm not going to write anything like obscene or racist, but. Yes. Um, pretty much like Author else, discretion,
0: but pretty much whatever you can yeah, think of. Yeah,
1: so. Head on over to that link. You'll get a signed, personalized, hardcover copy of my book sent to your home. Whoa. And also, you get to come to my book launch event, which is on the 28th and 29th. It's going to be two nights of me in conversation with various people. There's going to be special drinks made for the event, and you'll get like a recipe card so you can make the drinks also and drink along. There will be alcoholic and non-alcoholic options. Why is that funny?
0: Drink along with the show, <laughs> just a funny concept,
1: is it? Yes, people are excited about this, so no, honey,
0: I'm not saying that You're it is so I'm just saying that the concept of drink along with the show just that phrase, mm-hmm. listen along at home, right? That's a phrase we mm-hmm. all know. Here's a new phrase, drink along at home.
1: Okay. that's all I'm saying, all right, well, listen. You really disrupted my flow. So thanks for that.
0: Well, this is I'm just trying to prep you for the event. But sometimes you know, it'll take a left turn because people are drinking at the event.
1: Mm -hmm. Also, if you if you buy the ticket that comes with the personalized book. This drink's pretty good, thank you. You can participate in the the next chapter. Live chat. You can ask questions during the event. Matt will be taking care of Henry. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty fun. And if you have already pre ordered the book and you don't want to pre order a personalized copy, which I totally understand, there is a free ticket that gets you access to just the live stream of the events you'll be able to watch along and drink along yes. with everyone else.
0: It's exciting.
1: It is exciting. It's I'm happening. excited. I'm also like nervous that She's my horribly nervous. book is coming out. So
0: <sighs> I would say that Dory is extremely anxious. So I would like everyone to alleviate that anxiety by making this book go gangbusters. Thanks, honey. Look out, John Grisham. <laughs> Here comes Dory Shafrier. <sighs>
1: I mean, I feel like I've maybe talked about this before, but it's like, you know, I I put a lot of pressure on myself to have people buy the book, but then there's also this like added, why are you
0: laughing? I am laughing at the sentence. I put a lot of pressure on myself to have people buy the book. Why is that funny? (laughs) Is it just, it's conceptually a funny sentence to me. I can't enjoy you, this is unbelievable.
1: Look, I'm obviously in a very sensitive and anxious place right you now, really and you're are. and you're you're constant I, guffawing. Is it's not like,
0: guffawing; it's coming at it from a place of mm, love. Well, and some understanding.
1: Yeah, well, it's not how I perceive it.
0: You are going to have a great time with this book launch. Mm-hmm. You should do what I do when I'm anxious about something. Mm-hmm. I just think about. The hours or so immediately after that thing, yeah, and I'll be like, "Okay,
1: <sighs> I know." I mean, I hope I feel like you know what I was. Well, I wasn't super nervous about our bonus podcast last week, but I was kind of like, you know, I didn't know how it was going to go, and that actually went great.
0: Oh, those that that's yeah, yeah, nothing to worry about. All the eggheads and the and the and the thirty fivers, <clears throat> which I assume is what they call themselves.
1: No, they call themselves self cardigans. <laughs> Okay. Well, it's an inside joke. 35ers is better. 35ers is pretty funny.
0: Um But know.
1: yeah, there were so many eggheads on the obviously. Bonus Pod and that was really fun. Everyone was chatting.
0: Everyone everyone listening got to see this office and how yeah. what our what our setup is like when we're doing the recording.
1: And People, How, people
0: were shocked that we're sitting next to each other. I mean, other.
1: at least during the live thing, I was looking at you. You're not even looking at me.
0: Right you're, now, I'm focused on mission control.
1: You're staring straight ahead.
0: Yeah, I got to look at this computer to make sure it continues to record our greatness. Why would it not? I don't know. Sometimes things happen.
1: Mm-hmm. Anyway, that was really fun. It was fun to see so many eggheads and just like have a hang.
0: A lot of names in the... Yeah, a lot of familiar names.
1: (laughs) That was fun too. And people also recognize other people's names. Like people were like, Aaron Goodge. (laughs) That was fun. Y'all are just like our pals, you know?
0: Yeah, so be a pal and pre-order the book.
1: Well, all the people who were in the chat last week did pre-order the book. That's why they were there.
0: Everybody who wasn't in the chat, be a pal.
1: (laughs) Yeah, be a pal. (sighs) Well, okay, that's enough about that. The
0: hard sell is over.
1: How about the soft sell?
0: Okay. You looking for something to do next week?
1: (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Um, Happy Father's Day.
0: Happy Father's Day to you. Thanks for being here on the show. My stomach just made a weird noise. I think the mic probably heard.
1: That would have been something that when I was recording the audio book, they would have said, "Um, can we take it back to their stomach noise? Yes. And I'd be like, okay. Um, you really couldn't get away with any stomach noises.
0: So no shenanigans, that's what you're saying. No shenanigans. So if you want to get Dory's book, uh, audio book, there'll be no shenanigans Yeah. on it. It'll be shenanigan-free recording. Yeah. Yes.
1: Also, I, I don't want to give too much away, but watch this space for some exciting audio book shenanigans next week.
0: Watch this space?
1: Yes. That's all I can say.
0: What is the space?
1: Just watch the space.
0: Watch the space, everyone.
1: Yep. Okay.
0: Is that like outer space? No. Oh.
1: Like, just just check in with us next week.
0: Are you saying... Is that like a thing people say to people? Yeah,
1: watch this space.
0: Watch the space.
1: This space. This space. Yes, this. Gotcha. This space.
0: And what is that reference to? You're just saying watch... This space as in could check back in with the podcast.
1: Yeah. I don't I mean maybe, or does like that, a, maybe or does it's that, like an old blog thing. We used to say it we used to say it all the time.
0: I've never heard that like, in watch my Watch this space. Never heard that in my really? life. Really? Um, but also like I just was wondering if it's like a way people say to check in on social, you know.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: I see. And who says this? A lot of people uh, who are of your generation? Enough. A lot of uh, pre- enough boomer people boomers. that
1: I've never even like thought about it as being like a thing I even needed to ever explain.
0: Well, I think it's a thing you need to explain. But and I forgot this, that this I'm... is this is something that I want to learn more about. So I guess the way I could do that is ordering your book.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes, I can hear you, Clem Vander.
1: Um. Someone asked me if I was going to add, ask, say that during my audiobook recording, and I didn't. Uh. Okay. Dang it. Where did the phrase watch this space come from? Okay. A 19th century formula originally placed by magazines in space, which was reserved by an advertiser, but for which no advertisement was ever submitted.
0: I gotcha. Okay. So like the next time you drop by, there might be an ad there for soap.
1: Yeah. Further, watch this space. Further developments are expected and more information will be given later. The results of the competition have still to come through. Watch this space.
0: Mm, okay. That's the example. So the next time you read the paper or magazine in that yes. section, there will be a
1: correct. And then another Google suggestion is what can I say instead of watch this space? Uh huh. Stay tuned. Uh huh. Keep an eye on that. Yeah. Look at, looking at, looking into, monitor this, watch this.
0: All right. None of those are great. No.
1: I think watch this space is better. Uh, You
0: haven't won me over.
1: Oh, here we go. Journalists write watch this space in order to indicate in an informal way that they will be giving more information about something in the future. (laughs) And Urban Dictionary says, perhaps the most annoying phrase currently used by marketing teams and YouTube influencers to convey a sense of hype and anticipation about their bullshit products or services. Oh. Made more depressing by the realization that there are indeed people out there watching that space. <laughs> Thank you, Ribbert the Frog.
0: Ribbert, he's, he's just, you know, <laughs> wow. doing, doing what he, he does. He
1: hates watching this space. He
0: does not like to ring that bell icon either, no, I bet. he
1: doesn't. Wow. Okay. Well, Robert. that's that. Yeah.
0: Thanks, everybody, Whew. for tuning in. Happy Father's Day.
1: How was your Father's Day?
0: Oh, it was great. We got up. In the morning, I had a baby dropped on me.
1: He didn't, he wasn't dropped on you. He climbed up on you.
0: I just remember waking up. I just remember there being, me being asleep and no baby on me. Mm -hmm. And then me waking up. Okay, well, Henry.
1: Here's what happened. I said to Henry, today is Father's Day. It's a special day where we celebrate Dita. Mm -hmm. And I said, and after I change your diaper, I'm going to put on your shirt. And Dita has a matching shirt. Mm Mm-hmm. That, we're, that he's going to wear. And then he got really excited and he wanted you to wear the shirt. Yes. So he went running in and I, and I gave him like the, the gift bag that I had your stuff in mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, go give this to Dita because he, like until that point he didn't care about waking you up. It right. was only after I told him about the shirts that he was like.
0: Oh yeah, we gotta get this going right yes. now. We need shirts? Yeah. So yes, he did come wake me up and uh, it was very adorable. And he had a little. I got a Pac-Man shirt, and he is—he's got the ghost.
1: This has become kind of a tradition, a so Father's Day tradition.
0: Eat, I'm gonna eat Henry. <laughs> Ironically, though, Henry's the one that bites.
1: Yeah, I get, I get Matt and Henry father-son shirts on Father's Day. Last year, it was uh, Matt. Matt's was a pizza with a slice missing, and Henry's was the slice.
0: Feels like I'm always wearing the same shape. Which is like, because Pac-Man looks like a. Oh yeah, that's
1: true. Maybe I subconsciously like did that.
0: Perhaps I don't
1: know. There were some pretty corny ones.
0: It's okay. I think this was good. You got a good. I think you did great. Thank
1: you. Thank you so much. Um, I also got you your traditional Father's Day socks.
0: Yes, Henry's face on socks, which uh, I enjoy. I wear them to golf sometimes, and a spoon that is only for peanut butter. Because I like to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and leave the spoon on the counter. Says, like some sort of heathen.
1: Dad's peanut butter spoon.
0: Yes. So if you come over and you see that spoon and you think, gross, does he just eat peanut butter out of the jar with this? No. That's what I use for peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And then I leave it around. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I thought, well, if he's going to leave a spoon around, he might as well just leave the same spoon around. It'll be the spoon. Yes. Yes.
0: Um and then I got a very nice uh minted uh, photo photo framed thing it's currently over there, three pictures of Henry and I uh you know really on, in the last two and a half months yeah so it's you had post- some you had
1: some good pictures in the last two post
0: retirement uh me
1: mm-hmm <laughs> and it says best dad ever
0: wow, uh, which is apocryphal, but I will take it
1: you are the best at
0: it. well to him yeah that's, and all that that's what's important
1: i mean he looks joyful in two out of the three pictures
0: what does he look like in the third picture contemplative yes he is confused by disneyland yeah in that one
1: his thumb is in his mouth he's like what is happening
0: and i have a mask on yeah <laughs> We shall remember it forever. It'll be like that one photo we see of the family during the Spanish flu.
1: I figure there should be one masked photo just to like be like, this was the year, you know what I mean?
0: Yep, it was the year of the masked singer.
1: <laughs> Not to be confused with the masked dancer. Yes. Or the masked podcaster. Whoa. Spinoff. <sighs> All right. Well, before we take a break, let's remind everyone that we have a Facebook group. That's still going strong, you
0: just did, you reminded me, yes, yep, yeah.
1: um we have a patreon that you can support us at patreon dot com slash excellent adventure mm-hmm. you can email us at and matt at gmail matt and dory at gmail They're the same thing, they go to the same place, and our phone number is four one three four six one baby where you can also text us,
0: please do yes, I mean last do. week we had three emails this week this we week seem we to have, have Seven. We
1: have a lot. I had to put a few of them in next week's. Whoa. Podcast. Way to come through. Yeah, the eggheads egg came through. You know, when, when you give an egghead a task, they come through. So, kind of like Henry.
0: Very simple task. Just go ahead and pre order.
1: Yeah. Thanks for waiting.
0: Mm hmm. Mm mm-hmm, hmm. Dory Wherever local booksellers are local. Yep. All right. We'll be right back. Okay. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B O M B A S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, you feel thank you. And we are back. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you. Hope you pre ordered the book. We've got some people from the great state of Maine who have written into the podcast.
1: Yeah, this is from Heather, who writes, Hi, Matt and Dory. I'm a Portland, Maine listener. I wrote in before about insurance coverage just before the pandemic hit. Mm -hmm. While I don't technically have DOR, diminished ovarian reserve, it has taken me two retrievals yielding about five eggs each to get to one PGT normal embryo. I have unexplained and a large 10 centimeter intramural fibroid that is on the outside of the uterus under my fallopian tube. We did an ERA, the whole endometrio from iGenomics, thanks to listening to this show. With the PGT and the endometrio, we had ruled out genetic abnormalities, inflammation, bacterial issues, and had a customized transfer protocol. The words from my RE that stuck in my head were, if you make it to three days pregnant, you will likely stay pregnant through the first trimester.
0: Huh. Okay.
1: <laughs> I've never heard that, but... Okay.
0: It's a fun three and three rule.
1: Um, I forgot that in this conversation that he had also said that any issues would likely be the fibroids, since we had ruled out so much. Like lots of women's health issues, there's little research on fibroids. Generally, people are told if it's on the outside of the uterus, it's not an issue unless it's big. Mine, of course, is big. My RE said we don't really know if it will be an issue, but it could cause issues in the second and third trimester like hemorrhage, stillbirth, and placental issues. However, the surgery has risks too and is very time-consuming. The surgery to remove a fibroid this size is basically a C-section without a baby from what I've Mm. learned. We did the transfer. I had a strong beta and went in for my second beta and it was down a few points. Third beta was very low. I was expecting a failed transfer, but not a chemical pregnancy. I hate that term. My RE said that the embryo implanted, but was not able to implant well. I had no idea this could even happen. I thought once it implanted, it would be secure. We meet with the doctor next month, but from his emails, it seems he suspects the fibroid. All of the fertility meds grow the fibroid. Possible complications of the surgery are death, emergency hysterectomy, and when pregnant, uterine rupture. I'm trying to remember that risk does not mean statistically likely risk. I know I can likely do a scheduled C-section to get rid of the rupture risk. That said, the time needed to bank embryos ahead of the surgery, have the surgery, recover from surgery, and then try a transfer is daunting and overwhelming. I'm also still terrified of both having the surgery and not having it and therefore having more losses. I've thrown out the fibroid signal on the group, but since you were allowed on email, I thought I'd throw out the signal here too. How have other eggheads thought about these risks? I know it might be my only way forward, but it is terrifying. Thanks, Heather in Portland, Maine, in fifteen hundred square feet with my husband and empty baby room. No dogs yet. No idea why we list hot dogs since I missed a chunk of episodes, but only one corn dog and one hot dog so far this year.
0: I got news for you. I didn't miss any episodes except for the one when I had COVID and Dory did it by herself. But I also—that's not
1: when hot dogs came. I don't out, really right? remember
0: the hot dog thing. I don't either. But I'm in, I'm I, I'm interested and invested now. So. Uh, yeah, this is a kind of catch twenty two. dandy if you do, dandy if you don't, kind of a thing. Yeah. But also, I feel like what's happening here is you're just daunted by the whole entire process.
1: Yep, yeah. which I get.
0: Um, totally. But you know, take one take one process at a time.
1: That is good advice. Because
0: ultimately, right? If you decided, I you know, getting the uh, getting doing the retrieval which they're saying you do prior to the surgery, correct? Yes. Um and then freezing, I assume is what they're saying. Mm-hmm. That can be independent of whether or not you get the surgery. Correct. So what I'm saying to you is like ultimately this is a decision that you don't have to you don't have to like immediately go. Yes, we're going to I'm going to do the surgery, but sounds like you do want to do the retrieval put the embryos aside and if you decide I don't want to do the surgery let's look into a surrogate then you would have your embryos
1: that is good advice
0: but on and also on top of that too I would say look at it piece by piece don't look at it you're looking at a mountain Mm -hmm. instead of looking at the path Mm -hmm. that is much less daunting than the mountain Mm
1: mm-hmm
0: Get it to base camp, guys. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about climbing to the top. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is Matt's number one tip of the day.
1: I think that's really good advice.
0: You know, I occasionally have good advice. You
1: do occasionally have good advice. It's true.
0: Um, what are your thoughts, story?
1: I totally agree with that. I mean, what I was going to say is... You said, it's daunting and overwhelming. I think what I came to learn during this whole long process is that things that seemed like they would take so long in retrospect, like maybe we should have just done it, like the varicoseal surgery. You know what I mean? Like we were like, oh, that'll set us back six months. But like at the end of the day we were set back six months like a thousand times anyway.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So maybe we should have just done it. I see what you're saying.
1: So I feel like it seems like you're getting set back by so long, but like it would suck to go through the whole thing again and have the same thing happen and then be like, Oh, we really should have done the surgery. And now you're like two more years into it. You know what I mean?
0: I do. Yes, yes, I understand what you're saying. So,
1: I mean, I think we're basically saying very similar things,
0: but different. That's what makes us fun. I Tune know. in next week.
1: Okay. Um, do you want to read this next email from Superfans in Somerville?
0: I always like to read from Superfans in Somerville. Do you know what else came from Somerville? The Klon Pedal. What's that? It's a it's a very uh, expensive. Because of its scarcity uh, guitar pedal.
1: Oh. You know, I, I lived in Somerville from the time I was almost a year to when I was five.
0: The Klon Centaur. Mm, okay. That people pay like $5,000 for the pedal. What? Yep. Made by a guy on a little card table in his apartment in a Somerville. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, here we go. My partner and I recently discovered the podcast. We love it so much. Thank you for being open, so open about your path to parenthood and being so willing to help others navigate their fertility journeys. We started to conceive last year during the old pandemic. I'm now 40. We finally made it through the gauntlet of doctor's appointments and testing that will set us up for the first IVF cycle in July. I don't think either of us really understood how much of this process it would be a series of starts and stops. With lots of periods of waiting, my partner's sperm is tip-top shape. Pfft, bloody da! Uh, but it turns out that I have a rare uterine anomaly called unicornuate uterus, which is actually a very uncool, despite having the word unicorn in its name. Basically, it means that I was born with only half of a uterus, which might make carrying a baby two-term tougher majority of our friends who have become pr- parents already have a kiddo or two and sometimes it's hard not to feel like we're running extremely late to the party we may not even get there i'm trying to be optimistic about our chances despite being soup freaked out by my little half uterus and my age i'm curious if y'all could put out the signal to your other listeners in case anyone out there has the same condition, who's had successful IVF pregnancy. Also, we'll listen to the podcast from the beginning and have some answers for a few VIP questions Matt Matt asked, way back in 2017, (laughs) Uh, I'm sure these mysteries have already been solved since those episodes are now years old, but if not, get ready to finally be able to sleep at night. Oh, wait.
1: Oh, I think I took them out.
0: Why? Because you <laughs> left in that. I know. I took sorry. that out. I'm sorry. You are the worst. At, I was going to sleep at
1: night. Okay, wait. Let me find these again. Sorry. Ugh. Well, you know, we had a lot of stuff, and I was like, oh, we can take this out. Okay, here's it. Matt mentions building a, a pyramid building in Episode 11 somewhere in New England. We happened to be driving by the old Apex store in Pawtucket. While listening, and figured that he must have been thinking about that building in particular <laughs> because of its ziggurat-like shape. Yes. Are we right? Yes, you are right. We hear about this very, like, very regularly, I feel like. The pyramid building? As people... Start listening to That's the show. That's okay. I have no problem. With I know. That. I love that. Okay. Two. There was another early episode where Matt talks about He-Man a bunch mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. thought that Shira had a part uh, had a panther. I was wondering if he was talking about Claudine, who was Catra's lion. I also remember having a toy that was some sort of half woman, half butterfly that Shira and her friends could ride around on. Maybe another listener will write in with that answer by twenty twenty five.
0: Uh there's a there's a there's a channel there's a YouTube channel called Specter Creative which is run by the guy who used to run the He-Man line for Mattel um when then when the Masters of the Universe line when it relaunched in like 2006 mm-hmm. um so I'm sure he has the answer to that I'm trying oh, to think now because sure. like the butterfly I remember that they re-released that figure and I'm also now thinking about Panther, Panther, Panther was the name of the Panther, Oh, which was also like the same mold. This mold also came from a, a tiger toy from like the sixties, because apparently toy tooling is very expensive to like make these tools for, to have the molds, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like a tool costs like a hundred thousand dollars to get made. Mm. So what happens is these toy companies that own these tools, they, um, try to find stuff in the line that they already have that they could just repaint.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. There you go. That's some toy talk. Okay. And then a lot of times too, uh, they end up being used as boat anchors.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: In like Singapore. Anyway.
1: Um, Thank you again for sharing your story and doing it with such honesty and humor. We wish you, Beau and Henry, all the best. Super fans in Somerville. P.S. Dory, I ordered. Thanks for waiting. Can't wait to read it. Um, so, super fans, I had a bicornuate uterus, I believe. I think is the official name. It's like. Oh wait, no, I had a wait uter uterus bleh, is a heart-shaped uterus. Mm-hmm. I had a septate uterus, mm. where my my womb, my uterus was divided into s- two separate parts. Um, well, at least it's
0: a uterus, not a uter them. You know. Sure. <laughs> Thank you.
1: Um but i feel like we've heard from listeners with a unicornuate uterus so yeah and i hear you about feeling like you're running extremely late to a party we may never even get to i i really feel you on that um so i'm just just looking over your your email again yeah I I uh, good luck and hopefully some other listeners can weigh in on this. Yes. <sighs> All right. Um this is from Helena. Mhm.
0: Dorian I appreciate the phonetic spelling by the way.
1: Yes, she included that. Dorian Matt, first off, I'm very sorry about the transfer results. I was impressed you were able to record the podcast after hearing the news. I keep my fingers crossed for you. I wanted to weigh in on the subject of the C-section blood mixing because I'm starting my second transfer Mm. process in two weeks. I developed so-called anti-S antibodies after giving birth to my son via C-section. Seems like it is a similar problem to the RH positive and negative that Ron was talking about. Antibodies are produced after red cell sensitization in an S antigen negative mother with an S antigen positive fetus. If I understood correctly, it can result in my body rejecting the fetus. It could also cause the HDN, hemolytic disease of a baby. That doesn't sound good. Hmm. I consulted with a high-risk pregnancy OBGYN. It seems like I will need a blood test each week during my pregnancy to check whether my titers increase. I was wondering if any of your listeners had a similar issue. If so, what was the outcome? Did anyone end up getting intrauterine blood transfusions? I would like to find a good hospital just in case. They do not perform intrauterine transfusions in Memphis, Tennessee, where I currently live. I would so appreciate you sending out the antibody signal. Any antibodies will do, not necessarily antibodies S. All the best to you. Henry is so beyond adorable. Helena, who had two Ikea hot dogs last month.
0: Uh, consider the signal signaled.
1: Signal has been signaled.
0: Well, you know they do do in Memphis? Ribs. I've never been. I've never been to Memphis either. Oh. I've been to Nashville.
1: I've never been to Nashville.
0: Memphis, I'd I'd probably go pay um, some money to tour Graceland for some reason.
1: I would pay to go to Graceland and I would pay to go to Dollywood.
0: Oh, I'd had to hit up Dollywood, sure. Right? Sure. Road trip. Let's do it. Henry.
1: Henry! Bring bunny.
0: You're gonna need to bite bunny. <laughs>
1: stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started
0: you we're back everybody
1: hello uh do you want to read this one i mean you don't have to oh i
0: can for sure hi this one doesn't even say hi. I just started it with hi. This is no, from- it does. It says no? hi, Matt and Dory. Oh, okay. Yeah, it does up there. It's from Lauren. Hi, Matt and Dory. Hope oh, both had a good week. Dory, I see you've been busy getting ready for the release of your book. Can't wait to get mine. I squealed with excitement when you came up on Busy Phillips' podcast. So download that wherever podcasts are listened to uh so my IVF story in a nutshell just had a failed transfer with my only embryo we had a lot of eggs retrieved only four mature we started IVF with male factor and also I have a BMI over 40 just had our follow-up with the doctor this week I wrote in a couple of weeks ago saying I didn't know if I wanted to go through all of this again parenthetical I still don't on top of not knowing that decision our doctor has brought more decisions to make to the table he offered two options to move forward one Change protocol, which I assumed. Two, take six months to lose weight with the help of medication. Uh, Oz and pick, and then start again. His reasoning being my body doesn't respond well to the simulation medication because of my weight, hence the low maturity weight. I was really pretty devastated from what she suggested. My weight has been my lifelong struggle. Lost 60, 80 pounds before four times in my life, always regaining. Lost 65 before starting IVF, and then regained, uh regained through it. Oh, well, this miracle medication kind of sounds great. I don't even know what it is, but I'll take it. That's me talking, not her. Uh, I can't help but feel like even more than in my previous cycle, everything's on me. This time, more pressure on my weight will be the focus. For someone trying to fix their relationship with food, this is also confusing. Also confusing. At one point, I asked my doctor if there's anything my husband can do to help the outcome. After all, oh... Sperm bad morphology is why we're here Doctor said no, not really really. what about cutting caffeine and alcohol and him losing a little weight life isn't fair. I sometimes find it hard not to be a touch resentful I mean I, that, that that also sounds I don't know you guys should both try to do that get that sperm count up he should yeah anyway. That's just me talking again. Okay, so here we are. Again, yet another decision to make. Has anyone been prescribed uh, Ozenpick or Ozenpick? Has anyone waited six months in between cycles to lose weight? Let's start again. Matt, do you have any insights? Uh, here's where I'm at so far. I definitely don't want more than one more egg retrieval. If we push ahead with the new cycle and it doesn't work, will I regret rushing it? I'm not yet decided on doing another cycle, a little weight loss break could potentially help us sort that out. Also, maybe a ton of overweight people would be delighted to be given a medication option to help them lose weight. Lost and more confused. Sorry for rambling. Appreciate you both so much. It's Lauren from Montreal. One dog. Not sure how many square feet. No hot dogs since last summer. Thinks that needs to change. Steamies and toasties forever. (laughs) This uh, harkens back, I believe, to what Dora was talking about with our with the varicose seal surgery. This is another one of these six-month uh, pump-the-brake situations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it might seem like a lot of time right now, but all, over the grand scheme of life, it is not that much time.
1: This is true.
0: Now, I've never heard of uh, this, this medication personally. Um... That said, I would be happy to take some if a doctor would like to prescribe it. Uh, It's hard, you know, it's hard. So I get it, I get you.
1: I Okay, I am personally a bit skeptical of the weight um, diagnosis here. And I think that, like, if you look in the Facebook group, this has come up quite a bit. Like, people, there's some practices that won't take you if you have a BMI over, like, 45. But from my understanding, there's no, like, real correlation between weight and ability to get pregnant. And I wonder if, if, like, is it possible to seek a second opinion so I don't know. I just feel like I don't know.
0: Look, I will say this. Ultimately, if it's if there's a healthy way for you to lose the weight, um you'll feel better about yourself and ultimately it'll be good for just your your you know. Your if you want to, it'll be good. If you if you don't want to, that's a different story altogether. But we <laughs> said it was a lifelong struggle. That resonated with me, and I would say that I would uh, just even just uh, separate from the whole IVF thing. I would I would try that. Although I like see I like a deadline too. I'm just thinking out loud. Kind of want a doctor to tell me.
1: <laughs> well, you don't go to the doctor, so ah,
0: uh, damn it. But yeah. So where am I with this? Ah, here I am. Ultimately. Do you want to lose some weight? If so, I would suggest going through this this thing under doctor supervision, trying this medication out. If that's not something that you feel you need, then I would seek a second opinion. Yeah. Maybe you're um partner could also try to do it with you.
1: there we go. not the
0: medication, obviously, but the lean and clean of it all
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well, okay, I'd like to hear where other listeners stand on this because i'm I'm like,'t know well, whatever, you know where I stand. Let's hear from Helen, who um actually had a response to Lauren's previous email. Shoot. I'm Dory, Matt, Henry, and Beau. I hope you're all doing well. Sending congratulations and hugs from New Mexico. I know you all are going through a lot with the book release, Matt's work situation, and your recent beta results. I'm rooting for you all. I just pre-ordered Dory's book and I'm looking forward to reading it soon. I just caught up on the last two episodes and I'm writing in with advice for Lauren in Montreal, whose email you read in episode 331. Lauren wrote in about not being sure how to decide when you're done. Dorian, Matt, your advice about only the individual slash individuals involved know when they're done was spot on, and I wanted to expand a bit. A short backstory. My husband and I both have infertility factors. We went through four IUI cycles. First one resulted in miscarriage, all others failed, and one IVF cycle, five eggs, four mature, one PGS, normal frozen transfer, which resulted in a miscarriage. After my second miscarriage... We spent months talking about whether we were done or not. After lots of tears and being sure, then not being sure, then being sure again, we decided to stop trying. That was a little over a year ago, and that decision still feels right. My advice to Lauren is to explore the online world of people who are childless or child free after infertility. You can search hashtags on Instagram, childless after infertility, childless not by choice, Child-free after infertility are good starting points. And two other great places to start are the sites ChasingCreation.org and AnotherHood.org. Both sites are run by wonderful women who share their experiences and highlight other stories all about what led to, what led them to being childless or child-free, how they made the decision, and what their lives are like now. There are a lot of us out here, and you're not alone. It can be a heartbreaking decision to stop trying. It was for us But there's life on the other side, and if you decide to stop, you'll find a lot of lovely, supportive people to help you through it. I know that was true for me in our decision to stop. Thanks so much for the pod. Helen in 1,700 square feet in New Mexico with a husband, a dog, and two cats. No hot dogs for me, but my husband has had approximately six in 2021. (laughs) Approximately. Including the first Costco hot dog of 2021 a few weeks ago.
0: Way to go, Costco dog. I was gonna go play my air horn, but I don't have it set up, so. <laughs> um
1: Thank you for this. I feel like we don't often hear from people like you, the child free after infertility people. Um
0: the people on the other side of the mountain. The people
1: on the other side, yeah, who, you know, who did make the decision to stop. And like that's a tough decision to come to. And I think it would help if people talked about that a little bit Mm -hmm. more. So thank you for writing in and thank you for all of these resources. All right. This next email is from Anonymous who had raises some similar issues as Lauren. Hi, Matt and Dory.
0: What is in the air right now? I don't
1: know. I couldn't remember if this topic had been discussed on the pod, so I thought I'd send it along. I'm a 40-year-old woman and I've done two rounds of IVF. I have endometriosis, one fallopian tube, and a uterine fibroid. I was previously diagnosed with PCOS and have some signs, but not all. I gained weight over the pandemic, wasn't working out at the gym and eating a lot of frozen food, but do walk two to six miles a day. I've had two failed cycles, low AMH, didn't get enough eggs slash embryos, but do to do genetic testing with two failed transfers. I got a call from my doctor and they told me I need to lose weight. I have issues with disordered eating. I've done every diet, whole 30, paleo, keto, intermittent fasting, and I've always gained the weight back unless I practically starve myself and exercise constantly. It's really hard to feel like i should have to live that way forever on top of putting my body through IVF, i have this voice in the back of my mind though that keeps telling me the reason my eggs are bad and i haven't had success is because of my weight for reference i'm 5 7 and weigh 240 pounds i don't know what kind of advice i'm looking for but just curious what other girl that's my think. dream weight sometimes i feel like just lose weight is such a standard answer for doctors
0: oh well, it is it's kind of a catch-all
1: My doctor is now suggesting that we go the donor egg or donor embryo route. My clinic has a program where people can get three embryos that have been donated by former patients of our clinic. We only have to pay a $500 processing fee. The downside is I don't get to know much about the donor other than what's in their chart, minus their name and other identifying information versus going the donor egg route where I'd get to know a lot more. I hate to make this decision about money, but our insurance coverage is running out and I can't afford to pay a lot more out of pocket. I'm not sure how to proceed because I won't have any medical history and my potential child will never get to know their donors with the donor embryos. My other options are to try to do another round of IVF with my own eggs and my husband's sperm, knowing it's not a good chance or get six to eight donor eggs and try that with my husband's sperm would have to pay some out of pocket. I know there are no guarantees with any of this, but if it's my last round, I feel like I have to try the option with the best chance. Curious if anyone else has gone this route with a donor embryo where they get very little info. Thank you so much for all you do and keeping this podcast going when you have so much going on. I really appreciate it. Much love to you both. And Henry and Bo Anonymous in Memphis. Another Memphisonian.
0: Memphite, I believe they're called. Oh, Memphite. That's not true.
1: <laughs> 2,000 square feet with a husband, <laughs> one 13-year-old stepson, 120-pound dog. Ooh, that's a big dog.
0: It is a big dog. And
1: one sassy cat. I think I've had five to six hot dogs so far in 2021.
0: Let me check the hot dog leaderboard. <laughs> I don't know who the leader is. Mm. Uh,
1: this is a lot to unpack.
0: Yes. It is. Um, I mean, what do I say about this? I mean, the whole idea of, like, j- just knowing the uh, information on the chart,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's kind of like just, like, having a one-night stand and then ending up pregnant. It's like, well. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's kind of funny. I didn't know. I never thought a about ton it that about way. you,
0: but uh, now I have this child, so there it is. Um, and then, uh, I mean, the eggs and the sperm, I mean. It is what it is. Also, you're not going to, you know, if you do to a donor, you're not going to regret it, I don't think.
1: If you do donor egg. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, those are more expensive. Or a donor
0: embryo. Or even a donor embryo. You're not gonna, you know, you, you, you'll be so blinded by the love for this thing that is growing in you. Yeah. That you'll be like, well, who cares Yeah, where it came from? Hmm. Think about that.
1: I am thinking about that. Excellent. Um, yeah, I, I, I hear you and I hear you, Matt, about doctors saying just lose weight and like ignoring everything else.
0: Well, it's kind of like, well, you're like, oh, I got a leaky faucet. But they go and they look and the house is on fire. So they're going to say lose fire first and then I'll take a look at the leaky faucet.
1: Yeah, but sometimes... Ladies and
0: gentlemen, that is what doctors do.
1: Sometimes the weight is the leaky faucet. That's true. And And then if
0: they lose the weight, they'll know.
1: And the house is on fire, and they ignore the house being on fire, and they're just so focused on the leaky faucet.
0: Well, I mean, once it stops leaking, they'll be able to assess the fire damage. (laughs)
1: Like, you hear about these people who, like, had cancer, and their doctors, like, refuse to do, like, a CT scan, because they're like, no, you're just fat. Yeah. And it's like... I don't know. I feel like doctors are so fat phobic.
0: Well, I it's hard to even. It's a hard topic to uh, dance around. Yeah, because I am so fat. I am kidding. Uh, yeah, I can't dance, but I could dance.
1: We we dance.
0: I am kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, look, it is. It is. You yeah, know. It's the equivalent of of, of of your phone being rebooted. We have, we're
1: using a lot of bad metaphors. <laughs> I'm just
0: saying to a doctor it's like, oh well. Before oh, I, see I look at saying, this, let me why don't you turn it off turn and on off again?
1: And on. Yeah, I see. Uh interesting. Right. Anyway. Um Alright, well the signal has gone out for donor embryos with very little info.
0: So D e v l i. Yep. That would be what it is. Devly. Devly. Anybody else have Devly's out there? <laughs>
1: um. All right. We're gonna move on to this uh, anonymous email. Okay. An acquaintance of mine recently went through IVF. Oh, there. Sorry. I need to say there's a content warning for this email, which is stillbirth. Okay. Um, An acquaintance of mine recently went through IVF with male factor infertility. Their first embryo transfer donated sperm failed, which was devastating for them. And then their second transfer worked. They were very public about their pregnancy and the IVF process, giving nearly daily updates on social media as they approached their due date. Two days after their due date, she stopped feeling movement and went to the hospital where they learned they had lost the baby. (laughs) She then labored and delivered the baby vaginally. They are asking for privacy now, understandably, as they process this unimaginable loss. I'm grieving for them from afar and can't help but think about my own miscarriage where the physical recovery only heightens your emotional grief. I'd like to send her some really posh postpartum recovery supplies to help ease the physical recovery, but don't know if that would be welcomed or if I should just stay in my lane since they've asked for privacy and we're not close friends. What do you think? Thank you for the podcast. We're still listening. Anonymous on the East Coast.
0: Send it. I mean, that's just, that's what I think.
1: I would, yeah. I mean, I would just make sure there's no like,
0: don't nothing triggering in there. Yeah, but you know, if it's like baths, yeah.
1: I was gonna say bath bombs or yes.
0: Then just, I would send it because you know or food even. Yeah, um, And you can
1: just say thinking of you. And that's it. That's and then just it.
0: Like sometimes, like uh, you know, I was. And when we had Henry and people sent us stuff and I was like, oh, they thought of us. That's very nice.
1: Yeah. And it's also the kind of thing where like when people ask you or they say like, let me know if there's anything I can do. Like you never feel comfortable being like, hey, could you actually do X, Y, Z? But if they're like, I'm going to send food over tonight. Yeah. What it's do like, you want? Oh, that's awesome. Yes. Yeah. I remember, oh my God, when Matt had COVID and Kate texted me, Kate Spencer, and she was like, hey. Anthony and I are going to get takeout from John and Vinny's, which is a restaurant like in LA. Yeah. And she was like, can I, she's like, I want to, uh, I want to like bring you guys some food. What do you want? And I was like, Oh my God, that's amazing. Like it was, it was such a like relief to have someone think of yes. me that way. And like, just bring food over. I was and then, like, so
0: cool. I brought pasta over. Just yeah. Like, it's very nice. Like all these, like the friends of ours that like, reached out and it was very appreciative yeah so I would say that I would say yes do it I mean I would say, I mean look I would say make it as untriggering as possible still thoughtful I would say food is your best bet honestly yeah and uh you know I think that I think anyone would be appreciative of of that
1: I agree and I'm sorry for your friend
0: yeah it's awful
1: um Okay, we got a lot of feedback about the feet mystery. Do you remember this?
0: Oh, the 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 continual foot itch. Yes. Yes.
1: And I think I'm going to save this for next oh. episode because it's a lot of. What if stuff. that woman
0: is like, this is something that could help me? Well, and we're making it itch for now.
1: She got some answers. She 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 called she has already received some yes Okay. so i I don't think that our waiting a week is going to like impede her recovery but i want to i want to be able to give these feet you know they're due they're due and so you know i just i don't want to i don't want to skimp on them um all right This is from Leslie. Hi, Matt and Dory. I wanted to thank you all for the show. Earlier in the year, I'd asked for advice about intermittent fasting and or body acceptance. I wanted to thank you and the fellow listeners who gave advice and resources. I've been focusing on adding better nutrition and moving my body consistently for the last few months. I've been feeling so much better about myself mentally and physically. A lot of weight talk in this episode. Yeah. I have a question. My fiance, then husband.
0: Oh. By then, To be husband.
1: Yes, Okay. And I plan to start trying for a baby in the springtime of next year. Are there any things that either of you did that you are grateful you accomplished or wish you did more of before trying for Henry in the whole IVF process? First of
0: all, thank you for expressly telling us you're not living in sin. Now, (laughs) uh, anything we wish we did? Traveled more? I mean, we traveled a lot, but I would say even more. Yeah. Uh, Drank more? Oh. Um, did things randomly on whims.
1: Mm. It's hard when you don't like to leave the house.
0: There are no whims anymore.
1: No, there aren't too many. Honey, whims. I can't
0: leave the house. I've got a baby to look after. Well, now you do. Yes.
1: I hear I, I him hear, with his I truck. hear him laughing <laughs> as he
0: runs his truck up and down.
1: That's that's the truck that Jody and Neil gave us.
0: Yes. Um, for those of you who think we just let Henry run around At the driveway, Holly's out there with him.
1: Yeah. Um. Anyway,
0: she still picks up some time on the weekends when we need to record podcasts. So <laughs> it's pretty cool.
1: Um, I would just say if there is a thing that you've been like, oh, should I do X, Y, Z? Like you should just do it. Before you have the baby.
0: Yes, that's true.
1: You know what I mean? Like if there's something you've been like th- just thinking about, just do the thing that's my advice yeah if
0: you want to follow fish around for a couple weeks do it
1: yeah um okay this is from irene who says wanted to recommend this youtube channel called songs for littles i have a two and a half year old ivf baby who has some developmental delays
0: oh i read that as songs for lefties and i was interested and now i've checked out
1: There isn't much he likes to watch on screen except this channel. It was recommended to me by his occupational therapist. It's cute, educational, and some episodes focus on speech. I'm including a link from an article on BuzzFeed about this channel. Hmm. We live in a 1,582 square foot house in Lakewood, California. Very specific. I like it. With husband, two-year-old, and two small dogs. I've had two Chicago dogs and two regular hot dogs so far in 2021. Thanks for being a part of my Monday morning routine. Love the pod. Um, YouTube channel
0: that helps her toddler talk. This is the BuzzFeed article by Lori. Lauren. Lauren Brantz. Yeah. Wow. What? You could read that much better than I could.
1: Lauren Brantz wrote Feminist Baby. You but probably know her. I do know her. Lauren is great.
0: Way to go, Lauren.
1: Um, Oh, can I have the voicemail thing, please?
0: For those of you wondering, uh, when she says that, she means this cable that I have to pull out of nowhere. Hand to her. She plugs it into her computer. Then I turn that channel on. When she tells me she's good, I'm I'm good. And here we go.
1: Okay, here we go.
2: Hi, Matt, Dory, Bo, and Henry. Um, I this is Brittany in Southern California. I am a longtime listener. Was um, listening to Matt way back in the Nerdist days. Um, and my husband and I started listening to your podcast um, when you started because we were contemplating the IVF journey, and we were like, hey, this, let's do this. Um, we ended up going the adoption route, um, just a personal preference. Um, but I was listening to your latest episode, and um, someone called in about the speech therapy. And um, so our four-year-old adopted son, he was like severely de- delayed in a lot of um, areas um, and then because we have like this great foster community around us um, they had recommended an early start program um, which someone else had called and mentioned but a lot of people don't know that most if not all counties and states early intervention programs that are free of cost they are a state-run programs they're actually really, really wonderful. Um, we actually are still in touch with our son's first therapist, and she's like now become part of our family. Um, in our area, it's the Inland Regional Center, but um, most areas, it's just the regional center. So you just look up your county and it's regional like center. And um, get in contact with them. If you want like a free assessment, they can also help. Um, with other things like autism, like occupational therapy and stuff like that. Um, They're really, really wonderful. We've had nothing but a good experience. Um, Sometimes you have to fight um, for the services um, as your kids get to the But under three, it's it's very easy to get um, a lot of help. So I hope this helps somebody. Um, And, yeah, and I love your guys' podcast. We are in Southern California in a
0: 3,200.
2: 32. Wow. And one foster, uh, one month old. Uh, We have a German shepherd and um, we eat hot dogs kind of regularly. So I couldn't tell you how many we have. But um, (laughs) yeah, I hope you guys have a good week and um, I'll still be listening to the podcast. Okay, thanks. Bye.
0: Thank you.
1: Um, thank you for this. We are going through our regional center for Henry's the regional center speech services, and he just started with a with a new therapist this week. This and past and week, he's
0: now saying cuckoo.
1: He's now saying cuckoo,
0: cuckoo. So, there you go. If that doesn't tell you <laughs> everything's fine, then I don't know what does
1: um yeah, and what what a lot of people also don't know that Brittany kind of alludes to is that you can self refer to the regional center. You can just call them up and say, "I think my child might have a delay or you know i'd like or even just say "I'd like to get my child evaluated," and they by law have to evaluate your child understood so. Um. Yeah. So, thank you. All righty. So, this is from Amy.
0: Amy, I've I've read your question, Amy, and I'd like to answer in a in a clear and concise manner.
1: Okay. Well, I would like to read the question for the Which benefit I will of do our audience next week. Oh. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Because Dory Schaeffer. Oh. We have four minutes. You're
1: right. We do. Okay. Um, well, before we get to the Patreon name, someone said they had an app idea, which was a sentence diagram game for grammar nerds.
0: By the way, I thought this was like hilariously in your clipboard and just oh. you copy and pasted <laughs> no. it in and you were like, someone texted app to idea us. me.
1: Someone texted to us, but I thought it was pretty funny. Um, okay. Well, yes. this brings us to the end of the show. Thank you to everyone who listens a big special thanks to our Patreon supporters. Let's not
0: forget to put Amy's email in next week.
1: Okay. I started a doc for next an week. Answer your Disney questions. So I will um, put it in there right now. Yes. Um, yes. Thank you to our Patreon supporters. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Excellent Get up to two bonus episodes per month. And if you support us at the $5 five dollar level or above, you got your name right And thank you to the following listeners.
0: Yes, thank you, Michael Roth. Michelle Kitzmiller. Mike Zydek.
1: Mike Kim and Leo.
0: Molly Schramm. Mariah Damick. Nancy Powell.
1: Nikki Bossert.
0: Patricia Faust Rezig. Paul Sharp. Paula.
1: Penny from Massachusetts.
0: R. Ham. Robert Olson. Robin Kilgo. <laughs> Sabrina Stern. Sadie Massa
1: sarah dauberman
0: Uh, double it up sarah way to go sarah prager
1: sarah friedman
0: sarah swift
1: sherry olson sjv steve harcourt
0: tiny Grisheman.
1: the holterman house
0: oh the Kembles.
1: tracy jury
0: whitney hoffman
1: zara reti
0: amanda powell
1: a few anonymous people ainsley brianna hudson
0: cheryl quick
1: christina claire dealy Crescent Martin.
0: Crypto Matt.
1: Danielle Nusiforo.
0: Diana McLean. Eleanor Powell. Elizabeth K, Ellen F. Emily Harden. And Freya. Way to go Freya. Freya. Uh, thank you all for listening. You've been fantastic and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.